Easter Sunday 2021. A lot's changed in the last couple of years, hasn't it? Things have definitely changed. And it's interesting that the more technology we get and the more that we understand what the world is doing and what's going on in the world, I think the less we actually understand ourselves. The less we understand ourselves and the less we understand our own actions and what we're doing in this life. And, and along with this confusion, you know, we look back and we say, you know, we look to Easter and we say, man, that was bad. Imagine what Jesus went through. That was harsh. That was a harsh reality, you know, over 2,000 years ago. And we look back saying, I'm glad it's not like that today. Or is it not like that today? You know, it's interesting. The British historian in his book, The War of the World, back in 2006, actually begins his book this way. The hundred years after 1900 were without question the bloodiest century in modern history, far more violent in relative as well as absolute term than any other previous era. So as we look to, to Jesus' resurrection, we look to his death on the cross, and, and we see how bad it was, it actually wasn't the worst time. And even if we look back and we kind of look at, you know, the history, well, history tends to repeat itself. And if you look today, a lot of things are bad in this world. There's a lot of things in this world that are just rampant. People are in fear of different things. People are in fear that the government's corrupt. People are, you know, looking at all branches of government, currently have historically low approval ratings. We see protests both here and abroad. And unfortunately, instead of paying attention to what the protest is about, it's just become background noise. We've kind of forgot what it's about. And we kind of just go through our life assuming, well, that's the way it is. But is that really the way it should be? Should it really be that way? And if you look at it, social media has become the public form of everything that's ugly. Spend some time on Facebook and we see everything that's ugly out there. Facebook has become judge and jury of everything in the world. Moderation is gone. There's no moderation left in the world. And it's interesting because as I was looking at this, Barna Group did a survey and it talks about the top fears in America. And the top fears in America right now, number one is people that we love are dying or becoming seriously ill. The number one concern of people right now. The second concern is we don't have enough money to pay our bills. The next is the government is corrupt and people are corrupt. And then environmental degradation. The environment, global warming. Sounds pretty bleak, doesn't it? This is the world we're raising our kids and our grandkids in. And you may be asking, Pastor, what's this got to do with Easter? What's this got to do with Easter Sunday? Well, believe it or not, it has everything to do with Easter. It has everything to do because in many ways, it's no different than the climate that was back in Jesus' time. The same thing that they went through then, we still go through there. We still go through now. They were living in an occupied country. Rome occupied them. A foreign army was inside Jerusalem. The military occupied them. And if anyone had dissent, anyone didn't agree with the government, they were brutally beaten. They were beaten, they were in prison, they were put in jail, they were hung on a cross on the side of the road for everybody to see. That's how cruel they were. And I don't think we're far from that today. Now we just see it all over social media and Facebook. 
But in the midst of all of that, in the midst of everything that was going on, there was something incredible that happened. A man that the Roman government had hung on a cross and crucified and died rose from the dead. Rose from the dead. So Jesus of Nazareth rose from the dead. And that is exactly why we're here today. We're here today, and it should also ultimately give us confidence in the face of all the uncertainties we have in the world today. Everything that we face today, we should have confidence knowing that Jesus rose from the grave. We know that victory comes through Jesus when he rose from the grave. So in the face of social turmoil, political unrest, illness, and even death, we can live with confidence because Jesus has conquered the grave. Now, before we can actually get really confident, I guess we need to look at, we need to be confident. If Jesus rose, then we need to be confident that Jesus actually died, right? Because he can't rise if he didn't die. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul actually addresses in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 20. So if you have a Bible with you, you can open it up to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 20. If you don't have one with you, there is one in the back of the pew. Uh, the scripture will also be up here on the screen, so you can follow along on the screen. So let's go ahead and dig into God's Word and see what it has to say about Jesus being dead and risen. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which, you, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen by Peter, then by the twelve, and that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom great, the greater part remain to present, but even some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also, by one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles. Who am I worthy to be called an apostle? Because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which, which was within me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach and so we believed. Now, if Christ has preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also... Those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. But now Christ is risen from the dead 
and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Heavenly Father, as we take this time in your word this morning, Lord, we ask that you open up our hearts to receive what it is you have for us to receive. Lord, open our ears so that we may hear your voice. And Lord, may my words be yours, and we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first thing we see in this scripture, verses 1 through 4, it's basically telling us for certain that Jesus did die. Jesus died. So Paul starts this pivotal chapter uh, saying he wants to remind us of the gospel. He wants to remind us of the gospel, the good news about Jesus that he's already preached. And it starts out in verse 1 through 4 where it says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you receive, and in which you stand, by which you also are saved. If you hold fast that word that I preach to you, unless you believed in vain, for I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried. So we can ultimately see that Christ died for our sins, and he was buried. That's the first part of the gospel. That is the beginning of the gospel message that Christ died for our sins and he was buried. Now, the good news is what we celebrate today, and, and it wouldn't make sense that we would celebrate today if Christ actually didn't die. We are celebrating a resurrection. We do not celebrate the resuscitation. We celebrate a resurrected God. We celebrate someone coming back from the dead, not someone who had a near-death experience. Jesus died, was in the grave three days, and came back out. Now, it's interesting. The secular world will actually try and ex explain the re uh, resurrection away. You know, kind of, well, Jesus, there's no way he really died. And there's other religions and other faiths, such as Islam, that will actually try and say there's no way that God would allow Jesus to die on the cross and be buried. It must have been somebody else. So it wasn't Jesus on the cross. It was a replacement. So kind of like a body double, I guess you would say. And they try and explain it away. They try and explain that there's no way Jesus could have done this. There's no way God would have allowed his son to die on a cross for us. But we know he did. We know he died on the cross, and if we follow the science, because you know that's what you see on the news nowadays, is you got to follow the science. So let's follow the science on the death of Jesus Christ. In 1986, there were several doctors that actually worked on a joint paper together. And what they did is they looked at the death of Jesus on a purely medical basis. On a purely medical basis, and they published their findings. They can, you can actually find it. It's an article called on the physical death of Jesus, and it's in the Journal of the American Medical Association. It's a nine-page report. It's a nine-page report, and it's got all these diagrams with veins and arteries, and it shows what Jesus' body would have looked like after all of the scourging and the torturing and the beating and everything he went through. It shows all of that information. And what is interesting is at the very bottom, at the end of it, is their conclusion. And their conclusion is death resulted primarily from, and I'm probably going to mess up the word, hypovolemic shock, loss of blood, and exhaustion asphyxia. He wasn't getting enough oxygen to breathe. So he died because of a loss of blood and loss of oxygen. So if you follow the science and you follow what medicine says, 
All interpretations based on the assumption that Jesus did not die fall short when you look at actual modern medical knowledge. He had to have died with everything that he went with. And, but besides the historical and the medical facts, we can be confident because the scriptures tell us that he died. They tell us exactly what happened. Remember, Paul said at the beginning, he's delivering what is first, that what's first importance. The very first importance that we see is that Christ died. And it's important that he died. Because without his death, we have no forgiveness of sins. We have no reconciliation with God if Jesus did not die. And that should give us confidence. That should give us the confidence that we have. And of course, you know, Jesus dying, of course, is not the end of the story. Because we know that he rose again. And in verses, the rest of 4 through 8 said, And then he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. And after that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain the present, but some have fallen asleep. And after that, he was seen by James and all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also as by one born out of due time. So we can have confidence based on historical reliability, based on theological reliability. We can all have this confidence that he rose from the dead. And looking first at historical reliability, notice that Paul makes multiple points here in these verses. We know that the gospel, that Jesus appeared to the women first. Remember, they, the women went to the, went to the grave to see him to prepare the body. They saw him first. The women saw him first. And then Paul says he made other appearances. He was actually seen by Peter and then the, the rest of the original 12 who were there. And we have accounts all through the Gospels of Jesus' appearance to other people. But of course, it didn't stop there. When Jesus rose from the dead, and we can see it in the Gospel of Luke and the, and the Acts of the Apostles, Jesus actually spent 40 days. Spent 40 days with his disciples, explaining who he was and instructing them on the faith. Instructing them to be able to move forward and spread the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And during that time, Paul says 500 other people saw him. 500 other people saw him. And then he goes on to say, hey, you know, not all of them are currently alive, but some of them are. So if some of them are still alive, they could basically be fact-checked. They could go and fact-check and say, hey, what really happened? And here is someone who physically saw Jesus who can do the fact-checking. It's not going to be hearsay. It's not going, well, you know, so-and-so, but they died, so we don't know what really happened. They're actually able to talk to someone who physically saw Jesus alive after he, after he died, after he was buried. So they can physically see it, and that's saying a lot. That's saying a lot that people could literally see him alive and see who he is. So we know that Jesus rose from the dead. We know that he rose again, and that may be the beginning of the story, but the second is even better. Lives were transformed. People's lives were transformed because Jesus rose again. We have people in this room whose lives are transformed because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, what Jesus has done in your life. Even in the Bible, you see fishermen. You see guys who are just regular, everyday fishermen become great orators. Become great speakers of the Gospels and speaking to many people. You see a tax collector who was basically used by the Roman government to collect taxes from the Jews, and the Jews would have hated him and despised him. 
becomes a great witness for Jesus Christ. People's lives were transformed because of what Jesus did in their lives. And it's absolutely outstanding. Uh, you know, you think about 20 years, 20 years after the Romans killed Jesus, the Jews were actually kicked out of Rome. 20 years after, and they were kicked out of Rome because there was a fight within the Jews about Jesus. So it's interesting that in 20 years, these few people actually got it so much in the resurrection of Jesus was making such a commotion that the Jews were fighting amongst themselves that the Romans said, hey, y'all got to get out. And then within 300 years of the death of Jesus Christ, the Roman emperor, whether it was for good or for ill, made Christianity the legal, um, made Christianity the religion of the Roman Empire. So 300 years after they crucified Jesus, because of the story of the resurrection and people continually to tell about the resurrection and how it transformed people's lives, the largest empire in the world became a Christian nation. That's amazing. And that's not a whole lot of people in a whole lot of time. So imagine what we could do if we left and went outside these walls and went to talk to people outside these walls. And we told them about the resurrected life of Jesus Christ. And we told them about the transformation in our life on what Jesus has done. This is who I was. These are the things I did. And hey, this is when I met Jesus. And this is what he's done in my life. If you got people who could do it before the internet, before social media, before you had, you know, media coverage, mass communications, they could do all of this. Imagine what we could do today. Imagine the change that we could bring into the world today because of what Jesus has done in our life. You see, the story of, of the resurrection, it, it's countless throughout the centuries. And the message never changes, just how we may have to do it changes. Christ crucified is what we always preach. We always preach what he has done in our life. We preach the change that he has done in our life. And it may be done on different mediums today. It may be done in different ways today. But it's about getting people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. To know that our God is not dead. Our God is not dead. He is, he is risen. And some people may not agree. Well, I don't agree with doing it that way. Times change. We have to change. The message never changes, but how we present the message and the platforms we use need to change to reach the communities out there. And guess what? It doesn't always happen inside these walls. It doesn't always happen inside these walls. It could be out there on a street corner. It could be out there on a basketball court. It could be anywhere. Jesus is everywhere we go, and we need to make sure we take him and tell people everywhere we go about Jesus. Tell him that our God's not dead. He is risen. He is risen indeed, and we need to be a part of that movement. You know, a lot of us probably know the Christmas carol, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. And it's interesting, like, you know, Pastor, it's Easter. Why are we talking about Christmas? Well, Christmas doesn't matter without Easter, just so you know. <laughs> but the story behind that, behind that song actually is, has a lot of despair that goes with it. And as Henry Wadsworth, Wadsworth Longfellow, the author, 
he was actually grieving the loss of his wife. And he had also just found out that his son was gravely wounded during the Civil War, and he penned these words. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It's so easy to lose sight. It's so easy to lose sight of the hope of the resurrection and to forget there's so much more to this story. There's so much more to life than what we see. There's so much more to life than what we may believe. There is so much more. But then the author remembers this, that Jesus rose from the dead and God's not dead. And he penned these words. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, fail, the right prevail. With peace on earth, goodwill to men. Jesus really died. Jesus really died. He really rose from the dead. And those who die with the knowledge of Jesus Christ as their Lord will rise from the dead also. And we can have confidence in that. We can have confidence that we will rise again. And in this world of fear and uncertainty, here is a certainty. You can live on the promises of God and have confidence in the promises of God through this time. And the resurrection of Jesus should give us that confidence. It should give us the confidence to know that God is real. We serve a real God, that God cares about us even when we're suffering, even when we're grieving, God cares for us. We may not always feel it, we may not always know it, but he is there. We also know that he loves us so much that he sent his son to die on a cross for us, to save us. And because of his son dying for our sins, it puts us back in the right relationship with God. Without Jesus, we could not enter the throne room of God. Sin cannot dwell. He rose from the dead so that we can live in heaven forever, so that we can be with God forever in heaven, in the new heaven and the new earth, so we can live confident, live in confidence, because he is risen, because he is risen. And because he is risen, we can go through our life knowing for certain that our faith is not for naught. Our faith is in a real live person. You can go to the tomb of Muhammad and his body's going to be in the grave. You go to the tomb of Buddha, you're still going to find the ashes. Go to the tomb of Smith, he's still there. I've been to the tomb of Jesus in Jerusalem. Guess what? It's empty. Praise God for that. Praise God for that. We, we serve a risen Lord. And for some of you, maybe you know, it's hey, it's Easter. I know I got to come to church on Easter. Grandma and mom used to always make me come to church. I come to church on Christmas. I come to church on Easter. Hey, I'm glad you're here. We should serve our Lord each and every day. We should serve that, our risen King each and every day. And know the fact that because He is risen that we have that victory. And for someone here, maybe, you know, Pastor, I've never accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Well, you can make that right today. During our final worship time, song, I'll invite you to come up here. And if you think, hey, I got to get it all right, you're wasting your time. He's going to accept you just as you are. 
God's word says we, we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. But it also says that God loved us so much that he sent his son to die on the cross yet while we were sinners. And it says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. God, that sounds easy, doesn't it? Here's the problem. You come up here and you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. He is going to radically change your life. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow, but over time, he's going to change your life. But what the difference is, is when you leave here today and you go back home, your house is going to be the same. The people you hang with are going to be the same people you are hanging with. Your school is going to be the same school. Your workplace is going to be the same workplace. What the hope and prayer is, is that once you accept Jesus Christ, that you change. And once you're changed, you can affect change wherever you're at. And you can speak his truths. Doesn't mean you're going to stop sinning. No. I'm a pastor and I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner and I serve a God who has forgiveness. Thank God for that. I don't sin the way I used to sin, but I still fall short every day. So you're not alone. And maybe you've just been doing this life for a while of, hey, I remember Jesus when I was a kid. And I, I come to church on this Easter because I know I'm supposed to. Well, you could make it right. Maybe you need to recommit your life to Christ. The same thing during this final song. You can come up front. Make that move and come up here. I'll be off to the side. I'll be more than happy to lead you through that prayer of salvation or to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ. Or maybe you just need to come and give it to God. Maybe you just need to come up and say, you know, Lord, I've been playing this Christian thing for a long time. Lord, I need to give this back to you. Some of us forget that we serve a risen God. And like I said earlier, it's Easter. Oh, this, we got to do this on Easter. Easter is every day of the year. He is risen every day of the year. It's not just today. There's a lot of churches who this is their Super Bowl Sunday. Every Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday. Every day our God is risen. He is risen indeed. And we should live our lives each and every day knowing that he is risen. Maybe you just need to come up and God, I need to realize that you're risen every day, not just today. And take time in prayer. You can pray here at the altar or if too many come up, I got some people that can come up and pray with you. But make that move. If you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, come up and see me. We'll talk about it and we'll pray and we'll make that happen today. And then you can go radically change other people's lives. So Heavenly Father, I raise up this congregation to you, Lord. I raise them up to you that they will serve you as a risen king each and every day. It's not just today, it's every day. And Lord, we know that you died. We know that you went into the grave, but we know that you live. You were resurrected from the dead, which brings us in a relationship with our Heavenly Father, which brings forgiveness for our sins. And we're so thankful for that. And Lord, if there's anyone in here who don't know you, I ask that you just make them move, Lord. Lord, during this final song, that they'll take them steps and come forward and accept you today and lock it down today. 
And Lord, if they're sewing online, Lord, that even online they can lock it down today, Lord, and that they can just accept you as their Lord and Savior and radically change their lives. And Lord, I just ask that you continue to be with us during this time. Let's make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.